1: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino.
2: Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, we're finding new things in this air quotes. Stimulus bill. That's not gonna stimulate anything, by the way. Maybe a rescue bill uh by the moment. I want to explain to you the economics, how we can get out of this, how we can save ourselves, what's going on, and some of the stuff we found inside this bill. It's disturbing. Today's show sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online data today from prying eyes. Go to expressvpn.com slash bongino today. Welcome to the damn Bongino show. Producer Joe, how are you today?
3: Well,
1: it's Friday. Yes, I know these do are dower
2: times. But we will not give up our intros. We will not give up our bell. And we will not give up our end of the show Friday thing, right? We have to stick to some kind of routine here, no matter what. All right, here's what I got for you. Here's the lineup. There are some companies hiring, so I'm going to give you your optimistic news. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing 24-hour hysteria. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm going to expose... Yesterday, we're going to we talked about yesterday how the data models, the models are broken. That's narrative number one developing that President Trump isn't listening to the scientists, despite the fact that the information the scientists gave him was not correct. And secondly, the narrative is going to be President Trump did not follow the Obama playbook, even though Obama didn't follow the Obama pandemic playbook. All right, We got that. Some economic stuff, too. It's important. Really important stuff. All right, Today's show is sponsored by our buddies at We The People Holsters. Ladies and gentlemen, love these holsters. They're the finest holsters out there. Look at that. Comes in a nice little bag there. Check this out. This is their Constitution holster right here. Love this. Listen, record numbers of people are buying guns and ammunition for the first time. If you're one of them, please be safe. Please. Please learn proficiency with that firearm. No, know you will. And get a good holster for that weapon. It is as important as the weapon itself. that a bad holster can be big, big problems for you. The firearm could fall out, get misfires. We've seen some of these in the past. Starting at just $37. We the People Holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. Look at that. Molded specifically to your firearm and made right here in the great old USA. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters like this one, my personal favorite, the Constitution. Their proprietary clip design on the back allows you to easily adjust both the cant and the ride of the holster so it fits comfortably and securely at all times. Not like those other in the waistband, one size fits all holsters. And you're like, Ugh, uh, uh, it's jamming into your abs. You don't need that. Now you have time to support American companies. Go to we the slash Dan to get yours. Every holster ships free, comes with a lifetime guarantee. You won't find a better holster out there. Get an additional $10 off with the offer code Dan satisfaction guaranteed. If it's not the perfect fit, send it back for a total refund. We the Peopleholsters.com slash Dan. We the com slash Dan. Offer code Dan go today. All right, Joe, let's go. Elvis hey. has left the building. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe and I were just talking about music before the show. I was talking yeah. about how I love Pink Floyd. I'm just so disappointed. that Roger Waters just uh, says some some of this crazy stuff now. It drives me insane. Uh, you know. By the way, I told Joe to get the band back together. Joe was a musician himself. We all want to see the next album from Joe. All right, getting back to the serious stuff, right. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You know, shockingly, the economy matters to people and that's upsetting some people on the left. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe President Trump is talking about the economy as if people's inability to feed their families doesn't matter at all. You know, again, I went out yesterday in the real world for the media elitists who live in the D.C., New York, Amtrak corridor bubble. I went out yesterday to eat. I'm not going to say where I don't want to put the guy on the spot, but it's a chain restaurant. But me and Paul are trying to. You know, we have food here, but we're trying to spread the money around the local restaurants that are doing takeout to keep them active. Folks, I'm not yes. messing with you, okay? These aren't like emotional stories for the sake of hyperbole and a few extra clips on our YouTube channel. Don't I don't need any of that. I don't need fake emotions. This is real. Me and Paula looked at this guy yesterday. He owns this chain restaurant. He's a super nice guy. He's trying to stay alive. I asked him, how many more weeks do you have before you go under? He said, honestly, I don't know. He said, thanks to people like you and these other people in the takeout line here, we're still keeping the place afloat. But he doesn't know. You're just going to ignore that? You're just going to make it a black and white thing? As if We need to shut everything down forever as if there's no consequences. And I'm not doing it. So this air quote stimulus bill may pass today, may not. Ladies and gentlemen, we're finding new just disgusting things in here totally unrelated when i say disgusting i don't mean the entities getting this what i mean is totally disgusting and the motive here was to clearly take advantage of a panicked american public brought on by the media who engages in 24-hour panic and hysteria the disgusting motive here was to clearly take advantage of that to stick money in for things entirely unrelated to saving the united states economy from this pandemic imposed upon us by china Let's go to this Kim Strassel piece, because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to set you up. I'll be always ahead of the news cycle. Here comes a new narrative in the future, which I'll get to at the end. Kim Strassel, today's Wall Street Journal. Big government contagion. Appropriators throw hundreds of billions at the virus and at everything else. Mm -hmm. Folks, here's the new narrative. Let's put the headline up front. The new narrative is going to be this. The Democrats threw a bunch of spending at things entirely unrelated to saving the economy from this pandemic. For what? Because they want the baseline of spending for government agencies because the Democrats want to bankrupt this country and the awful Republicans, of which sadly there are many, there are some good ones, but sadly there are many, are going right along with it. They get no pass either. They want to bankrupt the country. They're intent on doing it and they know how to do it. And the way to do it is this, Joe constantly use a crisis or crises. Yes, sir. It's the 2008 recession. You know where I'm going with this. The 2008 recession. I do. The 2020 coronavirus pandemic. Use it to demand massive amounts of money for the government. The government will save you. They won't. They won't. And then when these government agencies, NASA and all the budgets go up and up and up and up, each, every crisis, we need more, we need more, we need more. It establishes a new baseline for spending. Therefore, when that when the spending next year is cut and goes back to levels it was just a year ago before the pandemic, what's the Democrats' narrative? Draconian, draconian cuts, Joe. Cruel, cruel draconian cuts. Dr- well Matt- what is it? 1028. Market. We're marking time stands now. There it is. 1028. What's the date? Friday, March 27th. Mark it right now. There it is. Now, I'm gonna show you in this Strasso piece. A couple screenshots for a piece in the Wall Street Journal. Agencies. I had nothing against the people in these agencies. I'm sure they work hard. I was a government employee one time in, a, in what I believe to be a valuable agency, the Secret Service. And say that because I worked yeah. there. I say that because they're great people who keep the president alive. Simple as that. I'm not saying there's no role for government. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't have a military or federal law enforcement entities or a court system. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is not the time to do spending like this. Hat tip, Kim Strassel, for digging up the pork in here, which we're exposing. This bill's a disaster. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry to break the bad news. She says there's also money appropriators do at government for no purpose other than the throwing. Throwing, throwing. Every outpost gets dollars, most for nothing more than the general command to prevent, prepare for and respond to coronavirus. NASA gets 60 million. NASA? Strassel says, has the virus infected the sun's corona? Are we sending corona <laughs> ships to the moon? What are we doing? Are we sending it to Jupiter? Are we sending little like a, a Halley's Comet? Are we putting a corona on there? The National Archives, Joe, gets eight mil. Wow, that's nice. Maybe the local restaurant owner could have used that eight mil after seeing the look Mm -hmm. on his face yesterday. The National Archives, Kimberly Strassel says, what's it going to do, put the virus on display? Many departments get cash for research, regardless of their relevance to today's medical crisis. Perhaps the Energy Department will use its additional $99 in, quote, science to gauge how the virus responds in a nuclear reactor. Ladies and gentlemen, they are spending us into an abyss we are not going to be able to get out of. Don't worry, it's Friday. I'm going to give you a path out. But the path in right now is clear. And when I say the path in, I mean the path into a well, a deep well of economic uncertainty we're going to have a tough time crawling out of. It's going to be like that Batman movie with Bane where Batman has to get out and they tell him, dump the rope, just do it without the rope. That was a dumb move, by the way. Gets worse from the Strassel piece. Here's more. Then there's the outright pork in there. The Forest Service, Joe, gets $3 million for forest and rangeland research. This is in the Porculus bill. That's supposed to be emergency relief, folks. $27 million for capital improvement and maintenance, and $7 million for wildfire management. Important stuff, wildfire management. In the Corona bill? What are you going to burn the Corona? The bill shovels $75 million to the National Foundation on the Arts and the Humanities. We discussed that yesterday. $25 million to the Kennedy Center. God forbid the Kennedy Center didn't get their $25 million. And Joe, even an odd $78,000 payment to the Institute of American Indian and Alaska Native Culture and Arts Development. Huh? That's important right now. That is uh, vital. I'm sure I'll get an email from him. It is vital. It, really? And the Corona yeah. bill? A water project in central Utah gets 500,000. Appropriators can sneak a lot into 880 pages. Yes, ma'am, they can. Now, oh, don't worry, Joe. Have mm-hmm. no fear. I know you're concerned about this being a fiscal conservative like I am. I don't am. worry. Mm-hmm. We read the bill. We showed you the bill yesterday. Kimberly Strassel's read the 880-page bill and just put it in her yeah. article. What's in there? We know it's in it, but don't worry, Joe. Pelosi, a liar. Of such incredible proportion. I mean, she's, it's almost sociopathic. She lies and she thinks we won't do anything about it. Yeah. Here's this video of Nancy Pelosi telling us that what I just told you was in the bill is not in the bill, ladies and gentlemen. A clear lie. And she does it with a straight face because she thinks you're stupid. Check this
1: out. These are needs that people have. This is not this is all understand this about this. It's really important to know this. This is all about the coronavirus. It's not about anything else. It's about the coronavirus. So this is temporary for this period of time. And, and it's important to know that because people say, well, why should we do it? Because of the coronavirus. It's a public health issue.
2: He's just making that up. Forest management, wildfire management, Kennedy Center stuff. This is not, she's just making it up. She thinks you're stupid. Now, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. be prepared for the narrative later because I'm telling you, the Democrats and sadly their rhino Republican allies who have no guts anymore and don't care about the future of the country are spending us into guaranteed bankruptcy and abyss. And I'm thinking, like, I'm not getting through, I guess, to some of the liberals out there who are listening and the Democrats who don't understand. So I'm thinking like a quick analogy may work here. If you'll allow me for a second to make sense of what's going to happen in the economy, because the amount of money being spent is so unreal, unreal, meaning it's hard to grasp how much money $2 trillion is. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You could spend a thousand dollars a day for a hundred days. You only have a hundred thousand dollars. Think about the order of magnitude What a trillion dollars is no less two trillion after the government has already spent four trillion this year. I get it. This it doesn't make sense to people. So here's a quick analogy of what's going to happen if, this, if something doesn't change immediately. Ladies and gentlemen, like imagine we, we lived on an island and we're gonna trade with another island, whatever, there's a hundred people on the island. I thought of this tree farm I pass all the time when I go down I-95 in Florida. Some of you know where it is in South Florida and in this tree farm it's fascinating they have these trees right and they have the little trees and the medium trees and then the big monster trees tree farm they sell trees but think about it right in order to build up that capital stock of trees just like an island and just like a country it's no different economics on a micro and macro scale there are very few differences despite what the experts want to tell you on a small scale and a large scale it works the same way trading goods for other goods using money as an exchange it's not complicated right In order for that tree farm to get started, Joe, they needed investment money in the beginning to plant some very small trees, right? You can't sell trees you don't have. They had to buy the land. They had to buy the seeds and plant the trees. And it probably took a long time before that tree farm grew those trees big enough that they could sell them, right? You have the big trees you sell at a premium, the medium trees, maybe a little cheaper. And then you have the small trees you hold on to. That's like your working capital and your investment for the future. You don't want to sell them because those are going to be your big and medium trees later, right? Well, the United States got so wealthy over time because we're so productive and our citizens are so hardworking that we built so many of these trees. We had so many extra trees. We could afford to trade them with another island. The China, Mm -hmm. the China Island or the Japan Island for stuff they had extra of food, dog toys, cars, whatever it may be. Hey, we have these. We made so many trees. We're so productive and we work so hard in this tree farm. We're going to give you these trees in exchange for that. Well, what happened? We became so productive over time that our government started taking a lot of those trees and promising them to other people. Future generations and Social Security money we don't have, Medicare benefits we can't pay for, foreign countries that bought our debt. Sooner or later, they're going to want those trees. We promised those trees. We promised all of them. We now owe more money over $22 trillion than the entire value of what the entire country produces. What happens when they all come for those trees? The answer is obvious. You're going to have to start from scratch. You're not going to have any extra money because you're going to have no trees to sell. You're going to have to work your butt off watering those trees for years until those trees go back and you can sell them again and trade them. What I'm telling you is there will be an economic reckoning here that Nancy Pelosi's lying to you about and Democrats and unprincipled, economically illiterate Republicans who play along are refusing to tell you and the hacks in the mainstream media are ignoring. We are on an absolutely certain path to bankruptcy right now, meaning sooner or later, all of that extra money we had in trees we were trading to other people, those trees are owed to other people. They're going to come for their trees, and we're going to have to work mm-hmm. really hard at a much lower standard of living to build that tree farm back up again. There's a way to fix this now. I'll leave you with some optimism at the end of the show so you don't think it's, like I said the You know, the false choice. There's an actual choice here. We're just not taking it. But something has to be done now. You can't spend $2 trillion without consequence. Anyone who tells you that is a garbage person and is not serious. You know, folks, I don't mean to bore you with analogies and stories about economics, but it's been my passion for a long time. I don't tout uh, educational credentials. I hate doing that because it sounds ridiculous. But it matters. It matters. Numbers matter. Two plus two will always equal four. Spreadsheets have to balance. And they're coming for those trees. It's only a matter of time. I just thought of one thing. Some of you might be saying, well, we get the biggest military in the world. What if we just don't give them the trees? Eh, That's possible. You're right. We could tell foreign foreign countries that own our debt and our own citizens, by the way. Ah, screw it. We're just not going to pay you. Then the question becomes... Remember, there's no fr- all debts are paid, folks, by the debtor or the creditor. Right. All of them. All debts are always paid. Either the person lending the money who doesn't get it back, they paid your debt. They gave you money and never got it back. Or you pay the debt back and you paid it. You may say to yourself, we got this biggest arm. I heard some this lunatic I used to know in college when I went to Stony Brook, my freshman year, told me he was a lib. And he's like, well, who's going to make us pay? As if there's no consequence to that. No, no, all debts are paid, huh. ladies and gentlemen. What would happen then? Yeah. You think... People are going to come back to the tree farm to buy again later after you didn't give them the trees we owed them before. Good luck working your butt off to plant all those trees and then having no customers because you never gave them the trees you owed them before. Good luck with that. You know what that's called? It's called interest rates. You think foreigners and U.S. citizens, when the government tells them, screw you, we're not going to pay your money back, you think they're going to lend back to the government at an interest rate anything less than 50%? (laughs) I'll take You didn't pay me last time. Hey, I'll take a flyer on you this time. I want 50%. It's gonna be like Tommy two times loan shark. All debts are paid. Because I know there are some liberals that that's how they feel about it. Government can print whatever they want. Who's gonna make us pay? Those are garbage people. Garbage people. Because they're so stupid, they haven't thought through the and then what. Yeah, hey, we just won't pay them. As if they're going to come back later after we didn't pay them and lend us money again. (laughs) Genius. Very smart. Gosh, what would we do without experts, Joe? Especially economists. They're so smart. We're all stupid. All right, let's go to number two. Thankfully, we have some people in the White House here trying to quell the hysteria. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. The hysteria merchants, the panic salesmen, I'm done with it. I'm not interested. These are infomercial panic salesmen. We're all gonna die every day. We're all gonna die. Every you yep. again. Go to the Drudge Report every day. If you wanna, if you want total nonstop ridiculous hysteria, use BonGinoReport.com. If you want l- common sense, I'm tired of it. Dr. Burks is apparently tired of it too. Now mm-hmm. we're hearing stories, Joe, of do not resuscitate or hospitals talking about what are we gonna do? Are we gonna? You know, we're going to have to kill people. Are we going to have to not give them ventilators? Ladies and gentlemen, we may get there. That may happen tragically. Right. That's not happening now yet. Dr. Burks is like, will everybody calm down for a minute and focus on the problem that may arise and stop panicking people with emotions about a problem that's not here yet? Here's Dr. Birx in the White House talking about do not resuscitate orders. The media panicking people that if your mom gets put in a hospital, they're not going to resuscitate her. Despite that not happening yet. Check this out.
0: And then finally, the situation about ventilators. We were reassured and meeting with our colleagues in New York that there are still ICU beds remaining, and there's still significant over 1,000 or 2,000 ventilators that have not been utilized yet. Please, for the reassurance of people around the world, to wake up this morning and look at people talking about creating DNR situations, do not resuscitate situations for patients. There is no situation in the United States right now that warrants That kind of discussion, you can be thinking about it in a hospital. Certainly many hospitals talk about this on a daily basis. But to say that to the American people, to make the implication that when they need a hospital bed, it's not going to be there or when they need that ventilator, it's not going to be there. We don't have an evidence of that right now.
2: You know, I'm I'm, maybe it's my prior line of work or having. The the distinct honor, and I mean this, of in my prior line of work, having worked with folks in the military, often with special forces operators, Green Berets, Navy SEALs, even Delta folks at times when we were overseas doing security advances for the president, we would have QRF teams, quick response teams, uh, QRF forces, I should say. Special forces teams available to respond to a tactical problem immediately. A lot of times we would use Green Berets. We, we did in a trip to Indonesia, special forces operators. I work with them a lot. And I'll tell you, one of the things I, I, I've never been more impressed, I'm not kidding, by any group of people in my life. I've been about around a lot of folks, whether it's in graduate school or my jobs or running for office. The least impressive group of people, journalists by far. The second least impressive group of people, politicians. The most impressive group of people, no doubt out hands down candidly there's not even a close second special forces operators why ladies and gentlemen i have never seen such emotional control in my life not that they're not emotional everybody's human but their control over their emotions and as we discussed the other day the ability to distinguish between the time to focus on emotions your parents died god forbid there, there's nothing you can do to fix it they're, they're not there it's a tragedy you now you have to focus on your emotions and work through it but there's a time also to focus on a problem your parents are sick they're not there fix the problem fix the problem stop with the emotion. it's not time for emotions i i, I that, that's not what the media does why That's not what the media is doing right now. Why? Why, Joe? Because emotions get clicks and clicks generate revenue. Ladies and gentlemen, these hysteria merchants are on you 24 hours a day. They want you redlining with fear every day. So you go to the phone and you click on their website or you take the clicker out and turn them on the television and turn them up. The hysteria merchants are everywhere because it makes them money. Think like a Navy SEAL right now. Think like a Green Bray. I'm not talking about go do burpees in your garage. I'm not talking about the conditioning. I'm talking about mentally. Harden up. We have a problem, a virus that, yes, is deadly to some people, and it's very serious. There's a problem to fix. Oh, we need ventilators. Okay, then let's figure out a way to build ventilators. Why are we talking about killing people and not resuscitating them? Why? Because that makes an awfully great tweet for the media. Do not resuscitate. They're going to kill my grandma. Oh, my gosh. Click. That's bull. And you know it. If we get to that problem, we'll fix it then, too. Seen this on cable news all day. Going to have to start throwing people off a cliff because they're sick and we don't have enough ventilators. How about we just build the ventilators? Great piece in the Wall Street Journal today about exactly this. Worth your time, by the way. Check this out. Headline Rationing care is a surrender to death. Limiting treatments for the old or chronically ill may also violate civil rights law. There are better ways. Why are we talking about killing people yet when the problem hasn't arrived and there's still a way to fix it? Because we're focused on the emotion, because the media has us focused on the emotion, because there's a whole lot of revenue and clicks and there's a whole lot of clicks and emotion. You work with these Navy SEALs, these Delta guys, you give them a problem and they fix it. They don't sit there and roast s'mores and cry around each other and pat each other on the back and go, it'll be okay, buddy. We had a word for people like that in the Secret Service. You know what it was? I can't use the second word because we're on terrestrial radio now, too, but let's just say it rhymes with quitters. We had a word for that. You know what we called them? People, emotion focused panickers. We called them bed quitters. Mm. Rhymed with quitters. You get the point. Got it. Thank you. Don't be a bed quitter. We can focus on the emotions when this is all done. Gosh, we really went through something. How do we fix ourselves? That was really sad. It is. It's not the time now. Time to fix the problem so we don't have to get people killed. I want you to pay close. I'm going to read from this Wall Street Journal piece. I want you to pay very close attention to this to show you the difference between a problem-focused approach and an emotion-focused approach. The media loves emotion-focusing because it generates clicks. It's time to fix the problem from this Wall Street Journal piece. So they did this little public forum, right? At Johns Hopkins University, excuse me, Johns Hopkins. I should. know. I'm from Maryland. You know, Johns Hopkins. That's like a sin in Maryland. Set. Yeah. Three hundred per right, Joe. You, you messed that yeah. up. You're out. You'll be evicted from the state immediately. More than 300 participants were invited to weigh the possibilities of healthcare rationing in this survey they did. This exercise. Lee Dougherty, Bittison, Ruth Faden, organizers of the forums, recall that the participants rejected a simple first come, first serve model. In other words, keep this up. They said, well, if we have to ration and not give people ventilators, do we just give them to the first people that come in the hospital? They said, no, no, let's not do that. Then they rejected a lottery system as too arbitrary. Do we do a lottery system for ventilators? They're like, no, 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 I can't do that, too arbitrary. They struggled to create an algorithm for rationing. Here's the takeaway, folks. In the end, the participants, who are apparently very smart, challenged the entire premise basically, and back to the piece, asked why it wouldn't be better to simply build more hospital rooms or manufacture more ventilators in advance. (laughs)
1: Mm.
2: Why? Because bed quitters love hysteria. See, media people have never had real jobs. The overwhelming majority of them Could not graduate a real class in college, so majored in journalism. Couldn't figure economics or accounting out. Most of them have never had real jobs in the real world. They've never baked a bagel, stocked a grocery shelf. All things I've done. They've never done any of that. They've never laid a brick. They've never operated a soundboard like Joe at three o'clock in the morning, getting ready for a show. They've never done any of that. Hmm. They traffic in hysteria and panic because they're bed quitters. Because bed quitting and panicking while quitting the bed generates revenue for them. Meanwhile, the people like us who have acknowledged repeatedly the severity of the problem. We may have a shortage of ventilators. There is no doubt. Problem. The people like us who remove ourselves from the emotion of the situation and question the problem and how to fix it and say something simple like, well, maybe we should just build more ventilators. Like, oh, you're downplaying the problem, man. You're downplaying it. You're not taking this seriously. No, no, I'm not quitting the bed like you. Think like the Green Berets. Think like the Rangers. Think like the Force Recon guys. The combat controllers. They don't have time for any of this emotion. They don't have time for it. And you don't either. There's a problem to be fixed. The participants in this study recognize the problem. We have a ventilator shortage. Why are we talking about killing grandma? Can we just build more ventilators? (sighs) When you're so focused in the emotion and the hysteria and the panic and you can't remove yourself from the situation, obvious solutions just right over your melon. I'm telling you, if you had a guy or a woman like this on your advance team, the bed quitters, oh my gosh, the president will be in in five minutes. There's a car on the runway. Ah, where are the keys? Right here. Did you move it? Ah, I didn't think about that. I was too busy screaming about it. I, every Secret Service agent watches my show. You know that guy. You know that guy. Everyone's had one on the team. How about you just move the car? I didn't even think of that. Now, I have some evidence of some bed quitters here. We rarely do clips twice on this show because they are like, hey, yeah, I already saw them. Regular listeners don't want to see it, but this one's worth it. Here's a bed quitter right here. Here's an old dude who used to work for the Obama administration, this guy, Andy Slavitt. Now, Andy Slavitt was on MSNBC trying to generate hysteria the other day. Federal government, that's the coordinate. Oh my God. Ah! And... Obama, ironically, Obama's old FEMA manager, the federal emergency manager, Craig Fugate, had no time for this guy at all and walked off the set. I want to play this again because I want to show you how this guy Slavid, is the bed quitter of the day. Doesn't want to fix the problem, just wants you to be 24-hour redline hysteria. Listen to this clip first, then I'm going to paint some possible motives for his behavior later, where again, the Obama-FEMA guy he's on the MSNBC set with here walks off because he's just sick of this guy's hysteria check this out
1: with all due respect to your other guests there's not a governor in the country that's waiting for the federal government right now they are all acting what they need is coordination because we have believe it or not we have masks we have a lot of these things guess where they are they're sitting in the supply chain people are profiteering off of them or they're going to places where people are hoarding them now that happens in a crisis it's only because it's only by someone looking through the entire system and seeing where those needs are, that you can say, stop hoarding them all in Texas. We need them in New York right now while we build manufacturing capability and put them in Texas. So what your other guest is suggesting here is not helpful. We need a great partnership between the federal and state government
4: people. Craig, you
0: want to sit down and respond to this? I guess Craig has left. Um, Andy, he doesn't agree with you at all.
1: I guess not. But look, these are trying times and everyone's trying their best. And I know Craig is I don't know Craig personally, but I'm I'm sure he's working his hardest and trying his best. Uh, Everybody is. Uh, This is these are unprecedented times. Um, So uh, understandable that he's frustrated.
2: Can we see? No, not everyone's trying their best. Not you. You're trying your best to generate hysterical emotions in people. That was the uh, that guy Andy Slavitt used to work with the Obama administration on healthcare of all things, driving you all to the red line. Make no mistake, what he was doing there was just trying to play a political blame game to make the Trump administration doing everything it can. You think it's in the Trump administration's interest for the country to fall prey to a pandemic and for millions to die? I mean, you, you understand what kind of a colossal idiot you need to believe to believe that nonsense? That's what Slavitt's trying to do. And hysteria does that because it keeps eyeballs on the screen. Here's another gem right. from Slavit on his Twitter account, which he had to delete. Again, showing you these are hysteria merchants, panic sellers. Andy Slavit's Twitter. He says, now in caps, Joe, now. In other words, you, this is happening right now. Mm-hmm. A major hospital in the Midwest has reached its limit on ventilators minutes ago. Oh, my. Really? This is ins- Joe. They're handing out forms, saying that only those with the best chance of survival will get care. Others will be <laughs> getting pain medication. Oh my! God. That's happening now. He has it in caps, Joe. Now, now, all caps. Now, right again. Don't want to address the problem. Everybody get red line. Everyone with fear people in the Midwest. Right. Well, now, what does that do? By the way, see when you're not like a Navy SEAL or a Delta guy or a combat controller or something like that and you're a you know, political hack like Slavin, you have the luxury of ginning up panicking people. What does it do, Joe? What's the actual effect of panic? Well, the SEALs know panic does nothing. Panic mm. gets people killed before anything else. You panic, you die. But panic generates eyeballs for Slavid. But what does it really do in the real world, Joe? If you're reading that, thankfully this guy has a very limited following, except for the fact that for some reason, cable news outlets continue to have this, this guy on. If you're out in the Midwest right now and you're coughing and you think you may have the Wuhan virus from China, man, you're rushing to that hospital right away. <sighs> I better be the first one in the door for the respirators and the ventilators that have run out. Which causes other people to do the same. And then more. And then more. You get a tidal wave, a a proliferation cascade of panic. It's hard to stop. See, Slavit doesn't know that because Slavit's a political hack. He'd be laughed out of the Navy SEALs in a minute. He'd be laughed out of the Army Rangers in a minute. He'd be laughed off an advance team in the Secret Service. He'd be called a bed quitter. Now, Slavitt, you may say, well, Dan, was the story true? Well, let's go back to Slavitt here. Here's a tweet later on. Oh, I removed the tweet. You did? Andy Slavitt had to remove it. Maybe you should have checked the story first. Because it inflamed the left-right controversy, which you can't even spell right, about how bad the crisis is becoming in major hospitals running low or out of capacity. While I want to inform with the best knowledge I have, I won't do that at the expense of the kind of discord right now. In other words, blaming us right wingers for pointing out the fact that the story he told Joe was not true. The hospital did not run out of ventilators. The hospital circulated a memo in the event it were to happen about what they would do if they ran out of ventilators. Remember logic in college? is modus tonins, modus ponens. Remember that kind of stuff? If then, if we run out of ventilators, then we'll do this. Slavitt's saying they ran out of ventilators. Kind of different than if then. If mm-hmm. then. He's giving you the then when it's the if. Then, if then. He clearly didn't take logic in college. Scaring the out of everyone in the Midwest who probably didn't read his tweet. Quit the bed? Mm-hmm. Big time. Clean yeah. up on all four. <laughs> Big time. All over the bed. Yeah. The quitting on that bed was, was pretty grotesque. You may want to rethink that if you have a platform on Twitter before you go promote hysteria and misinformation 24 hours a day. That will literally get, pe- literally get people hurt. The bed quitters are everywhere. And I got the media madness section coming up next. Let me get to our final sponsor today before I do that. I want to thank our sponsors again, and I want to thank you for supporting our sponsors. Even in this time of crisis, uh, you know, we're trying to do everything we can too. over here. Our sponsors are good companies, and we appreciate your patience. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show brought to you by our friends at Lending Club. Lending Club, Lending Club. They've been a longtime sponsor looking for some, you need a loan right now. Lending Club, if you're carrying revolving debt, you're having problems with debt, that means you're not paying off your credit card every month. This is a big problem. You could be paying thousands of interest every, in interest every year that you don't have to. With Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. They've been around a long time. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable, fixed-rate personal loans. There's no trips to a bank. There's no high-interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com. Lendingclub.com slash Dan. Tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow. Pick the terms that are right for you, and if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as a few days. These are tough times. These are tough times. We get that. But Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan today. Check your rate in just minutes. Borrow up to $40,000. That's lendingclub.com slash Dan, lendingclub.com slash Dan, all loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Thanks, Lending Club, providing valuable service right now. Okay. Um, Again, media madness. I'm sad I have to do this every day, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. This one story isn't really about correcting or debunking anything. It's just to show you that my axiomatic truth that liberals think you're bad people with ideas, why we think liberals are people with bad ideas. Remember, big difference. We've been saying this on the show since episode one. I want you to understand that. The wide divide between us and liberals is this. Conservatives think liberals are people with really bad ideas. That's why we fight their ideas. High taxes, public control of education, Obamacare. Liberals don't do that with us. Liberals don't really, I'm talking about the radical left, not all Democrats, but most liberals have no principles at all. They don't believe in anything. They believe in power. They'll change and flip their position on a dime. Trump overreacted, Trump underreacted. Travel ban is racist. He should have done a trouble. They don't really have any principles. They change it. What do they do? Liberals don't think like we think of them that they're people with bad ideas. They think we're bad people with ideas. They hate you. They can't stand you, a lot of these people. I mean, it's it's a, a, an actual hatred. Here's a tweet by a writer for GQ magazine. This is a real tweet. I'm, I didn't manipulate this at all. Julia Ayafi, or whatever you, I don't even care to see Um uh, Talking about how yesterday, even though we don't even know if the numbers for China are real, she of course she takes the communist country's word for it. Julia says now that we uh, apparently lead the world in in uh, Wuhan virus from China infections we don't even know that to be true because we don't know china's numbers she says who's the s-hole country now Mm. moron alert i mean if there was ever a moron alert there it is right yeah proving my point yet again they really hate you they hate themselves they hate this country they hate their communities. Man. They hate everything about that. They wake up in the morning so miserable that they're actually looking for a reason to spit on this country at every opportunity. Yeah. That's a real. There you tweet. go, Dan. Yeah. every yeah. Any opportunity to show you how flawed and what a failed country this is, they'll take it. Enough on her because I'll lose it and it's not appropriate right now here's cnn doing what cnn does spreading fake news here's cnn hilariously trying to fact check the president proving him right and uh, again cell phoning on twitter you know what a cell phone is when you tweet something on twitter you think it's an insult and you really make yourself look like idiots the cnn <laughs> is the king of cell phones they tweet things out that make them look like the fools they are and they don't even realize it Here's CNN's effort at a fact check on Trump when they inadvertently proved Trump right and themselves to be the morons. (laughs) A fact check. I'm not messing with you. So President Trump, this is their tweet at CNN. Fact check. President Trump says the U.S. has done more coronavirus testing than any other nation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a fact. It's not hard to look at the numbers. They go on. While the U.S. has overtaken South Korea in total numbers of coronavirus tests administered. Okay, it should stop right there. Trump is right. It has conducted far fewer tests per capita. Um, Okay, that's not what Trump said. You acknowledged in your own tweet. He did not say the United States per capita leads the world in testing. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. CNN, fact check. Trump says we've done more coronavirus testing. Then in the tweet, actually acknowledges that it's true. But... We haven't done more per capita. Okay, that's not what he said, you morons. Can you read? Do you even know what per capita means? Oh, my gosh. I really feel bad for you if you're in an airport stuck watching CNN. You can't even hear it because they keep it on mute. If you're watching CNN in an airport, I really feel bad for you. This is a network so populated by anti-Trump idiocy, they can't even do a fact check the right way. All right, there are other stories going on. I want to get to this, I'll get back to this stuff, but just quickly, there's a big Supreme Court ruling this week crushing liberal hopes and dreams. You may have missed this. Quinn Hillier, Washington Examiner, Supreme Court rightly refuses to see racism that isn't there. And, <laughs> is it, I'm, I'm, listen, this is not a joke. This is an actual Supreme Court ruling. Nine, nothing, unanimous, I'm not being funny here, ladies and gentlemen. The Supreme Court ruled, Joe, that if you're going to sue someone for racial discrimination, mm-hmm. you have to show, wait for it, you have to show, Joe, racial discrimination.
3: You have to show it.
2: I, I Listen, I know what I said was so profound. This is yeah. like differential equations and you're taking a minute to take it all in have we reached the asymptote? i get yeah. it. i know joe you're a smart man <sighs> yeah. he's digesting he time on that he needed time <laughs> what i said was so profound he's trying to think through all the different calculations in Damn. order to sue for racial discrimination you have to show racial discrimination that's a real ruling
4: Apparently, yeah, this person was fired.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so hold on. I had to think a nap because sometimes, like, I hear you. <laughs> I can't. I can't take it with liberals. That's unbelievable, dude. This person was fired for non-racial factors and sued, and the Supreme Court ruled no. If you're fired for non-racial factors, you can't sue for racial discrimination. Okay. No, again, not the Babylon. It's an ir- actual story. I say liberals are devastated because liberals like they, they love lawfare. They use the legal mm, system. Yeah. As Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch always says, the process for liberals is the punishment. All they know that all they have to do is sue you, whether they win or not is irrelevant. It's the suing of you that ruins your life. And that's what sh- that's what strikes fear into the heart of people and makes them make PC decisions not based on reality. The fact that they won't be able to do that anymore really drives them crazy. Okay, here is our liberals losing their marble segment I actually titled that (laughs) because I didn't know what else to say. Here (laughs) is the um, New Orleans mayor who, again, in one of the great cell phones I've ever seen in the history of media, the New Orleans mayor who goes on CNN and claims that she didn't shut down Mardi Gras, which has now become New Orleans a new hotspot. Tragically so, by the way, because of the awful leadership of the New Orleans mayor saying she didn't shut it down. Mardi Gras where apparently this spread, which by the way, I don't, I'm not suggesting that was even a, a terrible decision on her part. I need to look at what are the ramifications of it based on the facts and the data. I'm not, I have no problem with her decision. What I have a problem with is this pathetic self-own where she tries to blame it on Trump, her decision, Joe, and pretends like when this happened in late January, early February, this period... That she just didn't know anything. Nobody was saying anything about the coronavirus. Ah, despite the news media, the blogs, online, street gossip, and everybody in America talking about it. The New Orleans mayor cell phones by saying, I didn't know nothing. I didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. I don't know. And CNN loves
1: it. They think this is great. Check this out. Within a week or two after Mardi Gras, all of a sudden the cases start started emerging in Louisiana. Yes. Obviously, that's very disturbing. I will point out that uh, we did some checking back on February 12th. The CDC, Dr. Nancy Messonnier, uh said, uh, and, and I'm quoting her now: "We can and should be prepared for this new virus to gain a foothold in the United States." But but you're saying no one from the federal government came to you and urged you to uh, to pr- at least cancel or, pr- or or postpone Mardi Gras.
4: That's absolutely correct. And not only that, it was backed up with the response uh, of our national leader Uh, when it's not taken seriously at the federal level. It's very difficult. Uh, to transcend down to the local level in making these decisions. But when the experts uh, told me uh, that social gatherings would be an issue, I moved forward with canceling them as well as St. Patrick's Day uh, parade, as well as our uh, Super Sunday where our Mardi Gras Indians parade, the suits that they've made, you know, all year long. Uh, So this is something uh, that not only concerns us, but it sets the tone for how leadership matters at every level of government in the United States of America where mayors are on the front line.
2: Is that a joke? Is that real? I'm Because I'm not kidding. Liberals were pumping that clip on social media yesterday as if this was a good thing. Do you understand the self-owned face plant that was by the mayor who has the gall, the nerve to talk about leadership when questioned about why she didn't call off Mardi Gras, again, I'm not even attacking her decision instead of just manning up and saying, listen, the data was inconclusive on the, how contagious this was and how fatal it was at the time. This is an enormous boost for our local economy that people rely on who may have went bankrupt. Clearly now, looking at the infection rate that may have come out of Mardi Gras, we should have altered it or made some common sense recommendations. We didn't do it. Now we have more data, but in hindsight, we may have done things differently. That's what a leader looks like. That's what a SEAL looks like. A Delta Force operator looks like. That is not what politicians look like, like the mayor, what's her name, Cantrell of New Orleans, who disgraced herself on CNN and liberals were celebrating. Wasn't me. I didn't know anything. Nobody told me anything. that's incredible you're the only person on the planet who apparently didn't know about the spreading wuhan virus from china the only one what are you living in a bank safe how did you miss that with no internet so pathetic but libs don't worry keep putting your faith in government it's so great government's so wonderful thank god our private sector's building masks and ventilators right now thank god And that is not using the Lord's name in vain. That is a capital G. Literally, pray to God and thank him every day for freedom and economic freedom. If you lived in a socialist country controlled by liberal idiots, then that ventilator problem and the DNRs would be a problem yesterday. More hysteria, merchants. Here is the absolutely hapless Ron Klain. Ron Klain, Al Gore noted butt kisser, his lips surgically sewed to the rear end of former vice president and failed presidential candidate Al Gore. Here is Ron Klain, who, again, remember the liberals, they only want experts on on pandemics. Joe, Ron Klain is a political hack, was appointed by Obama for the Ebola virus outbreak. Ron Klain, Mm. you may say, Dr. Ron Klain. No, no, not Dr. Ron Klain. That's Schman Schlein. This is Ron Klain, the political hack who Obama appointed to run the Ob- Ebola task force. Again, not Dr. Schman Lane. This is Ron Klain. This guy's the new messiah on the left. You haven't heard? See, many of you don't hear this stuff because you don't follow liberal blue checkmark accounts on Twitter, who are the dumbest people in the Twitter sphere. I fo- I can't tell you who because I don't want them to block me, but I follow them to see what's going on. <laughs> this guy's their new messiah. Ron Klain, the former Ebola guy is out there on blackboards and stuff, doing these things and trying to scare everyone all the time. Here's Ron Klain tweeting about Trump's response. Check this out. I'm gonna show you two tweets here. If you're not at your job today, it's because Donald Trump did not do his job in January and February to fight the coronavirus. Ron Klain, political hack, garbage person, Ron Klain, suggesting there, Joe. That Trump's decisions in January to ban travel from Wuhan to prevent the Wuhan-China virus from getting over here. Suggesting mm-hmm. that his decisions in January and February to ban travel from the European Union. Suggesting, Joe, that he didn't do any of that. That he mm-hmm. underreact. That's interesting, because that's not what Ron Klain was saying in January or February. Because Ron Klain's a moron. Ron Klain's a political hack. Look at yeah. this other tweet from Ron Klain on COVID-19. If you want to do something useful today, go to Chinatown, buy a meal, go shopping. Wait, 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 this is wrong. Didn't he just say Trump was terrible for playing this thing down? The virus attacks humans, not people of any ethnicity or race. Fear is hurting Chinese American owned businesses. Basically, baselessly. let's fight the disease and let's fight the prejudice. So Ron Klain, Again, not Dr. Schman Lane. Ron Klain, political garbage person, was telling you in his tweet a little while ago, go out and eat everywhere. Chinese restaurants everywhere. Don't be a racist. You're all racist. The same Ron Klain who's telling you in January and February that Trump wasn't taking this seriously. These are the garbage people. Ladies and gentlemen, put his name in Twitter. The left is worshiping this guy. Oh, my gosh. Thank the Lord Joe Biden has Ron Klain around. He's such an expert. I got two videos for you here. Here's the hapless moron, Ron Klain, testifying about, don't you worry, folks. This is an overreaction. The president doesn't know what he's doing. Overreaction. He's out saying the president underreacted. Remember, liberals have no principles. They don't actually mean what they say. But
3: they really want to rally you up. Here's cut one of Ron Klain. It is impossible, impossible to cut off the flow of people from China to the United States. They're needed to bring vital goods to the United States by boat and by plane. We have Americans coming back to and from back from China, family members, so on and so forth. So my my point about travel bans is, is beyond the effectiveness issues that Dr. Nuzo has raised, as a practical matter, we don't have one, we will never have one. And therefore, what we need to do is to monitor the people who've been in China recently, who are here in the U.S., and impose public health measures on a, ma- on a very large scale. This is a hump complicated, it's a hard problem to uh, detect if those people get sick, to isolate them, and to treat them. That's the, that, this isn't about academics. It's the only practical solution on the facts. Yeah, Ron Clown. So yeah. there's Ron Clown. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I needed that. You're welcome. There's Ron Clown, who now is saying Trump underreacted in January and February. Back in January and February, saying Trump overreacted. Oh, that's not it. Dude. That's him knocking the China travel ban. That happened Mm -hmm. in January and February when Ron Clown said that Trump didn't do anything. Mm. Here's Ron Clown again on why a Europe travel ban. This is no good either. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Clown.
3: Part of this, Rachel, is the classic Trump distraction tactic. He wants to see progressives debate the travel ban, so on and so forth, and not come after where he has failed. We have tested five people out of every million in this country. In Korea, they've tested 2,000 people out of every million in their country. There is no reason why South Korea doesn't have technology we don't have, or a healthcare system we don't have, or anything we don't have. It is a failure of leadership of the Trump administration. He is doing anything he can to move the conversation elsewhere, to get us to talk about something else and not focus the fact that even tonight, even in that Oval Office address, all they can say about testing is, we're going to do more of it sometime, yeah. some number of People are getting to it. We're getting yeah. there. Right. That's that's job one.
2: There's Ron Clown who does two things in there. Magically cell phones himself again. But again, liberals are not smart enough to see it. So they spread these clips around, not realizing that they're dramatic cell phones. And the liberals are celebrating. Mm-hmm. So there's two cell phones in there. You may have caught him. So Ron Clown was the Ebola task force manager for Obama. Again, not a doctor at all. No scientific background whatsoever. Ron Clown. Ron Clown was in charge of the testing regimen for Ebola for viral outbreak pandemics. He was the Ebola task force member. Right. So when the old FDA, CDC kind of symbiosis of surveillance testing rather than mass testing. Was standard for the quote Obama playbook. Ron Clown said nothing. So the testing model we've used in this country for decades, which no serious person denies, only garbage people tell you with us. Ladies and gentlemen, the testing model we used for this CDC private sector kind of again, FDA symbiote, the testing for pandemics. In other words, outbreak, how do we test? Was surveillance. Okay. Surveillance. Meaning they did not, we did not do mass testing. Right. That is not the model. The Obama administration, the Bush administration, all of them. That was the model was surveillance Joe, In other words, someone comes in, you test them, the test goes to the CDC. Copy. Never did Ron Klain, when he was the Ebola chair, never did he propose mass testing for the whole population. Like Trump is actually doing now. He changed the whole paradigm, Trump, in weeks. In weeks. And Klein, who was on board with the old testing paradigm that has now failed, that Trump changed, he's now using it as a bludgeon to attack Trump. And liberals suck it up because they just don't know any better. Oh, Ron Klein on testing. Yeah, he was the old failed model guy. Oh, my gosh. Man. That's cell phone number one. Cell phone number two for Ron Clown. Oh, this EU travel ban is a distraction from the testing. The eu What do you mean? The travel ban from Europe? The travel ban that may have prevented other infections as people came here from Italy? You just said Trump underreacted in January. Now you're suggesting he overreacted? I I don't get it, clown. Mr. Clown. Of course, you don't get it either. Because you're a political garbage person. That's what you do. All right, folks, there was a lot of material this week. I know we've been heavy on this, but it's obviously the story, you know, maybe of the decade right now. I mean, the 2020s, this is some way to start off, but... We have to stay on top of this. It's a serious problem. I appreciate your loyalty to the show. Our numbers have been pretty extraordinary, and I thank you. It means a lot to me. I know you have a lot of viewing choices and listening choices, and I appreciate you coming here. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate that. Subscriptions are always free. No charge to you at all. Free video. There you go. You don't even need cable. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all next
1: week.
4: Good day, sir!
1: You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.